Galatasaray overtake Başakşehir at the top of the Turkish Super League table as well as major developments in the relegation battle. That and much more in episode 12 of Football a la Turca. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. So guys, what a week in the Turkish Super League. Uh, my name is Kam Bazel and I'm joined once again by Burak Sizgin and Uzer Dinja. Uzer, you must be over the moon. Uh, Burak, I'm, I'm sure you're uh, basically uh, uninterested. The season's over for your... has been over for a while already for your team. And you know what? Now the season's over for my team too. Uh, but uh, Uzer, uh, congratulations <laughs> to you, my friend. Uh, your oh, team, Galatasaray, you. overtake Bashakshi here at the top of the table. And you know what? I didn't properly do my research, but how long have Bashakshi been at the top of that table? It must have been uh, four. Oh, I, I, know, I can tell you. I can tell you. I, I have the I have the number etched in my eyelids. 22 weeks. <laughs> 22 there, weeks uh, out of 22 weeks out of 31. Later. So since match day uh, nine. Bashakshir have been proudly at the top of the table. Of course, they still are at the top of the table, but uh, currently on level points with Galatasaray, and Galatasaray have the better uh, goal differential with plus 39, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, Bashakshir's goal differential is plus 27. So it's it's all gonna it's it's likely all going to going to come down to the match day 33 uh, matchup between. Both uh, Galatasaray and Bashakshir, which will be played at the Turk Telecom. Uh, what do I call it these days? Because of course, call it the uh, arena. Yeah. Call it the arena. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the Turk Telecom We're arena. Um, so that's gonna be the slobber knocker of the season, probably, unless of course Bashakshir's slump continues. And and let's get right into it because their slump did continue this week on Friday. The first match that was played was Bashakshi here and they played away against Sivaspor and that match ended in a scoreless draw draw sorry now it should be said Bashakshi were the team taking most initiative um I don't know if either of you gentlemen managed to catch this match. I, I watched it start to finish. Um, first half was mostly Bishakshi here. Second half uh, still. But Sivaspor really, really, really wasting their opportunities on the counter. I, I don't know if the 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 the, the, the head... Um, sorry, the, the replay or, or the, the highlight, so to speak, on, on B. And I, I think barely anything was shown on it from Sivaspor. Maybe one opportunity uh, that they had. They had one big chance, but... Um, there was more than that, but that's just the kind of stuff that doesn't get shown in, in, in highlights because, you know, the, the types of failed counters where you're in a 3 versus 2 position or a 4 versus 3 position where you just they just play it out poorly. And we saw the week before Gustepe really hurt uh, Bashakshir on the counter, um, but, but Sivaspor weren't able to exploit uh, Bashakshir. But it could have been worse for the Den League leaders, but it finished nil-nil. Another frustrating match for them. They haven't won since losing to Besiktas a um, couple of weeks ago, four weeks ago now. And, and uh, yeah, I think the the devastating effect of that loss continues to make itself being felt. Um, and and Bashakshir are, are, are just slipping right now, guys. Uh, Burak, did you expect them to lose points again 
away at Sivaspor, who don't really have anything left to play for. No, I was expecting them to bounce back, having you know squandered a lot of chances. I thought, okay, they're away to Sivaspor, not the easiest place to go to because you look at where Sivaspor are in the league and their you know run of form has not been you know too bad. And I thought, okay. Actually, I've got the quality here. They've got the players like a, a, a Visca, like a Robinho, like an Elia, an Emre, even players like Irfan Jan and, and Mahmoud Tegdemir, who can really, I think, step up and make a difference. And it was just another example of them, I don't know if you want to call it choking or maybe falling at a final hurdle, um, always the bridesmaid, never the bride complex. Um, I think Visca had a good chance. You'd expect him to put it away judging by stats and his performance during the league and he just fluffed his line so to speak um marble tectiman had a good chance um that the ball went back into the box and he couldn't get his his finish on target and he struggled there um and like you said you know, sivas nearly stole it right at the end with um is it rivaka I, I think i've got the pronunciation wrong but um his shot was blocked by the i think it was a boss actually her defender instead of uh Mark Gunok. Mm. um but Again, you know, quite quite shocked that they've just taken a, a huge nosedive in form recently. And I don't know where to, to put my finger on it. I don't know if it's this pressure, if it's... I mean, you look I, at the game... I, they, I think it has they, to be. Because this is a recurring team with them the last three seasons. This has happened to them. This is the third time in a row, mm. the third season in a row, this is happening to them where they're simply choking in the final four, five, six weeks. Uh, Uzer, how did you experience it? Sorry to cut you off there, Burak, but I think it's pretty yeah, good. No, good. Um, well, I, I, I mean, it's, it's in the past couple of episodes, uh, we, we mentioned kind of almost jokingly that the impact of Ekrem Imamol becoming elected mayor of Istanbul has had an effect on him. Insofar as when he, every day that he was uh, in, in office, they failed to win a match. So they were only able to amass two, po- two points out of a possible 12. Um, but I think, as Khan alluded to... You think uh, they'll start the winning bottle... again now, then? Well, I mean, that's a possibility. <laughs> and I, wanna, I just want to say that now, before we publish this, before they, uh, before they uh, go out and play the next game at the weekend, now that Imam Mullah has been stripped of his legitimate powers. But, but anyway, I think that the bottling factor is something that we've seen over the last couple of years. And I think that in itself is not necessarily down to the lack of quality in the team, which they have a lot of quality. I don't necessarily even think it's down to um, Abdullah Abdul's uh, abilities as a coach. I think really it is down to the lack, I'm going to say lack of pressure from fans. Like, these guys don't have anybody to impress. These guys show up week in, week out at home and in front of a couple of hundred fans tops. Like... Every time they lose a match, who do they come out and be accountable to? Who do they come and apologise to? Who do they come and uh, explain the situation to? Nobody. Nobody gives a damn. No one's listening. And this inferiority complex is what leads this team to bottle it at the end of every season. That's my belief. It's my belief a few years ago, and it seems like it's carrying on now. And I think that that is going to continue until the rest of the season. And I think for Basakshir, there's a very real danger that they won't even finish in the top two. Um, at this point, before I hand over the reins back to the host, I just want to say that I know I'm contradicting myself because I said a couple of weeks ago that these guys had it in their palm of their hand to win. But I could not have foreseen this this, this kind of capitulation 
I think their, we all uh, form. I think we all I'm, agreed I'm on absolutely that. Absolutely truly shocked. Yeah. Shock, shock, shocked. Yeah, I think we all did. I think the pa- the previous two seasons they, they bottled it, they choked at the end. Um, I, I think last season was their season. I think this season was again their season. Uh, two two seasons ago, they were they were playing. Uh, they were up against a very strong Besiktas side that had superior quality in in the squad. I think, but last season and this season, I think in terms of squad depth, uh, they aren't necessarily weaker than 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 Besiktas and Galatasaray. Uh, so I, I think. These two seasons, they really truly bottled it. Uh, I think last season they were the favorites for a long time. This season again, uh, more than last season even, um, and, and especially given the fact that who they are up against, Galatasaray are playing a pretty mediocre season. Besiktas are playing below average uh, if you look at the entire season, and still they're they're giving it away now. I think I mean I, I think I said that before. Thirty five points in the first half of the season is what they got. Looked impressive because the rest of the teams were struggling more. But thirty five points in the first half of the season for an aspiring champion is is not impressive by any stretch of the imagination. And I think it, once again they had an impressive run there between January and well last month I guess. Um, and that was an impressive period. But the first half of the season they really didn't impress me. Uh, and, and now again we're seeing them. They they peaked too early. I think is a is their is their problem perhaps. But uh, let's move over to the the next match. Um, Ankara against Chaikurizaspor on Saturday. This match more or less um, interesting for that fifth spot battle. Chaikurizaspor is one of the teams that is in contention for that place. Ankara are kind of still looking down but they're kind of safe too so they're they're kind of looking up at the same time so um an interesting match of two teams that are have been in form uh i think one two of the hottest teams in the league right now in kirigaju and chaiko resist this one ends 2-2 uh goals here coming from uh dario melniak in the 26th minute putting the visitors ahead ilham parlak then equalizes right before the hour mark in the hour mark in the 59th minute um Mikhail Pazdan puts the host ahead in the 85th minute with his first goal in Turkey the Polish international but then Vedat Muric with a penalty in the 90th minute clinches a point for Chaika Rizespor and and keeps their hopes alive to an extent for fifth place uh we had a goal from Vedat Muric disallowed while the score was 1-0 in favor of Chaiko Rizespor in the first half. And uh, also the, the, the penalty was awarded by VAR. So two VAR decisions in this match. Just quickly going to throw to you guys. Because I don't want to waste too much time on, on this match. Because it's not really that important in terms of how the... the you know, we're, we're at the end of the season. So we're going to focus mainly on the bottom and on the top of the table. So quickly, just your thoughts on the matter. Uh, the disallowed goal from Muric, Burak, and also the penalty that they got. What do you think of those two decisions? Uh, disallowed goal is is correct, and that's going to form a theme of some of the discussions. I mean, he was offside in the build-up to the goal. So, you know, according to EFAB rules, I am a man of the law. Um, <laughs> it, it is um, it is is a correct, but we we'll, we've seen that in a few games this weekend um, where it wasn't wasn't given. So that'll be interesting. As for the penalty, um, for me it was just like soft contact. Um, that he made the most of it. Um, 
But if you're going to do that in the the penalty area, the the player it's his prerogative to go down and try and look for a penalty. So, but for me, it was just a very very soft decision. But by by the letter of the law, it's a, it's a penalty for contact. But I think um, the attacker player made the most of the situation. I don't think it was simulation, but he they were looking for it and they made the most of it. And the ref was um, inclined to give it. Yeah, and Azar, uh, Czech Rizespor continue to impress offensively, but defensively they're lapsing again. Two goals conceded here. They've conceded quite a bit. Uh, they're safe, of course. They're looking up more than they're looking down. Well, they don't have to look down anymore. But um, do you think with a little bit of improvements in the summer, uh, should they aspire to qualify for Europe next season uh, with maybe a little bit of defensive quality uh, injection, do you think they could actually make a proper run for European tickets next season? Um, oh, next season, uh, potentially they could if they keep their coach. Okanburg has done a really sterling job with Riza. Uh, it, I agree with you that they need to fix up their defense because it looks like a lot of their game plan is quite reliant on Vedat, uh, who we have spoken about uh, to a great extent in the last month and a half, who has been you know one of the MVPs of the league, single handedly carrying the team up, up the table. Um, but if he can get reinforcements in defense, then I think. Yeah, they can have a legitimate chance of getting at least in the top five. They get a, they have a, you know good, decent fans. They're able to fill out their their small stadium. Good team, good attacking play. But absolutely, they need to fix their defense if they want if they want to do that. And uh, hold on to their their best players, which is might be tricky. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. true. Yeah. Marich will definitely attract some attention. Uh, you know, Fenerbahce might be looking for a proper striker in the summer. Um, I I doubt that. Bishtesh and Galtry would be interested, but uh, I could see Trabzonspor being interested because I have it on good authority that Hugo Rodallega has an agreement with a Colombian team, which name eludes me at the moment, but uh, I think I tweeted it out a couple of days ago, and apparently he's going back to Colombia, so they'll be in the market oh. for a striker, and I think Vedat Muric would really suit a team like Trabzonspor, taking that next step in his career. I think uh, going to Fenerbahce right now might be a mistake for him, I think he should probably make a stopover in Trabzon first to see if he can handle that step up. I don't know if you, gents, agree. I, um, I, I, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I just wanted to, to pull it back to, to, to your to your um, to your exclusive about Hugo Rodriguez going back to Colombia because it would be a shame if he did that. He has a lot I, to. I believe it was adds, Santa adds a lot Fe. To Right. Okay. Because he adds a lot to Trabzon going forward, and they're going to be in Europe next year. So mm-hmm. I would have, I would have liked to have seen Trabzon hold on to these guys. Um, but as as for Fadat, he's only twenty five. Yes, uh, he's 25, in a yes. great form at Rizespor. Uh He holds the apparently he holds uh, Turkish passport as well, Turkish citizenship as well. Yep. So he has kind of uh, on paper he has a lot going for him. It's just one of those cases. Is this one of those guys who can? make the jump from an Anadolu club to one of the big elite teams. That's the question that's always on everyone's mind when a player like this makes a jump. But, he, you know, uh, no reason why not to take the gamble on uh, on Vedat. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, if he makes the trip to Trabzon, then uh, I, I don't see why he, he can't become... Uh, if if Riza would be form. willing, of course, to sell him to Trabzon because there's yeah. some blood, blood there, of course. But uh, well, it's true, in, true. Independiente Santa Fe, by the way, where right. Hugo Rodallega has a, a pre-agreement right. for a contract for next season. His contract expires in the summer. Uh, and I think that would be a logical move for them, a, a younger striker. Um, 
at, at, at who's about to peak or is peaking, whereas Hugo Rodriguez is still quality for the league. But I think that if they want to take that next step and become true title contenders next season, which I think they have the potential of being with the squad yeah. that they have, given a couple of improvements, I think uh, they shouldn't make that move. Um, Rodriguez isn't the player that he was two or three years ago. He's still good, but you know, not at that level. Uh, but let's let's move on to the true yeah. important match on Saturday, which was a huge game. This one was almost to say for all the marbles: Erzurum Spor, Bursa Spor. Erzurum probably their 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 last chance to get a really big win over um, over a rival. Bursa Spor their chance to get out of the relegation zone again, and Bursa Spor. Bottle their chance. Erzurum take full advantage. They win 2-0 in the heights of Erzurum. Samuel Eduk here getting the scoring started in the 76th minute. And then Hakan Aksan doubling the score in the 84th minute. And that goal may prove to be important because that gives Erzurum the edge in the head-to-head with Bursa. Meaning that if they would both end on level points and one of them would be above the bar of relegation... That team would be Erzurum Spore and not Bursa Spore because Bursa Spore have given away the head-to-head advantage, which was they were well, they won the first game uh, with one goal differential. Um, but there's a couple of talking points here. I, 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 not a lot of attention was paid to this, but uh, Erzurum Spore player Pierre Kanstrup was given a yellow card in the third minute of the match, which seemed to me. It was on the edge of the box, like literally on the edge, and it was a last man fall, I think. Um, I think that could have been easily a red card. Junai Checker showed him a yellow Bursa Spore. We're not happy with that, of course. Um, I'm going to throw that to you first, Uzzer. Did you see it, and what do you think about it? Yeah, I, I, did, I did see that. Um, I, again, I thought it was one of those 50-50s, to be honest. Mm. I thought Junai Checker generally had a decent match in this. I thought this was a 50-50. Seeing him given... Uh, I know it's a bit of a cop-out response to your question, Khan. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's it's either it's the last man fall or not. I'm actually watching. I'm actually, I'm, is, I'm, actually, I'm actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm actually watching it again right now as as we speak. He, he does appear to be the last man. Mm-hmm. So probably the correct decision would be to would Give be to order right, right. in, in that case. Yeah, yeah I would, right. I'd say so. But but I think. But but generally, I mean, Bursa. Again, two weeks ago, I want to re- rewind back to our episode two weeks ago where we spoke mm-hmm. about Bursa Sport and Gustafa. Mm-hmm. Bursa Sport were the team really putting in the shift, doing everything they can to to try to try and get out of the relegation zone. They just couldn't finish. They couldn't score. Whereas yeah. Gustafa were giving nothing. Such a difference two weeks makes because yeah. suddenly Gustafa won twice in a row against uh, first game against Bashkirtseh, of course, mm-hmm. and now Bursa Sport getting thrashed in this relegation scrap battle. I mean, these are guys who won the championship less than you know 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and they're in this terrible situation. Uh, it's just, I mean, they're done for. They look like they're done for. They've played really, really disappointing football. Yeah, um, it can turn so quickly, but this should be a mental blow for them. But who knows? I've been yeah. saying that for a couple of weeks. Burak, what did you think of that position? Was that a red or a yellow? Did Junai Checker make the right decision? Uh, for me, I think he got it right with a yellow, and I'll tell you the reason why. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the um, initially I thought, hang on, that you know he's a last man. How has he not sent him off? Mm-hmm. But then you know, looking back at the replay from different angles, the Borussia Sport player 
the ball leaves his foot at quite a rapid pace. So when you're looking at it, it's he's kicked, he's had an awful first touch there. So it's like flown off his foot and it's going off to the side and he's chasing it. And should he catch up with the ball, he's not going to be in a clear goal-scoring opportunity. He's going to be off to the side of the penalty area. And I don't know how that is defined in the EFAB rules, but you know, a red card is for a clear goal-scoring opportunity. And maybe Junaid didn't see that as a clear goal-scoring opportunity, even though the Arizona defender was the last man to, to bring him down. But, you know, he evened that out throughout the course of the match with some other, like, shocking decisions. Uh, old Junaid Chagher. And he's currently refereeing Liverpool-Barcelona. And Liverpool are currently 3-0 up in the, the 58th minute. So... You're so, no way. Is that true? It is true, indeed. Um, so, from the heights... From the heights of Arizona Bursaspor to Liverpool versus Barcelona I, for Junaid Chakos. That's incredible. You know, yeah, of course, obviously, we're lifting the curtain. We're, we're recording this during Champions League time, and, and Uzar already protested because yesterday we couldn't record because Burak had a wrestling obligation. Um, or oh, another wrestling trip. How do you want to, oh my god, I can't believe he's right. It's 3 0 for Liverpool right now. Uh, yeah, so live score there. You'll hear this tomorrow, so it'll be old news, but. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that. It's crazy, the Champions League last couple of years. Indeed. Uh, with those big wins, and then you think teams qualified. Like, we had Roma last season, and Paris Saint-Germain the season before. And, and then the things turn around. It's incredible. Um, but yeah, let's move on. Bursa Spore in a very difficult position now. Erzurum Spore, uh, for the time being at least, at that point, crawled out of the relegation zone for the first time. I think, since the, the first couple of weeks in the league. However, uh, we'll get to it later, but they have once again dropped in because, as Uzer already alluded to, Gustepe did win as well, so they overtake Erzurum again, but we'll get to that in a little bit later. Uh, Kasim Pasha Fenerbahce, I know you didn't manage to watch it live, bro, because you were, of course, at your uh, wrestling weekend. Uh, I hope you had a lot of fun there, by the way. Um, but Fenerbahce, your team gets the win. Kasim Pasha 1, Fenerbahce 3, a lot of VAR interventions in this match, it was crazy, um, Harun Tekin making um, a, a, well, a pretty dumb own goal, well he gets credited to own goal, I don't know, I, I, technically I think it would have come to the player who gave the back pass, which I think was Mauricio Isla, or was it Tira, I'm not sure. It was um, Roman Neustadt. Oh, you're, yeah, okay. The, the Russian. Uh, the Russian. Uh, but then Elif Elmas gets exactly. the equalizer in, in the 20th minute. The first goal was scored in the 13th minute. That's Harun taking own goal. And for people who will remember uh, Fivzi Tunjai for Besiktas uh, like 20 years ago against Kaltz, right? It's something similar, although that was even worse because that, he was further out of goal and he... That, that that ball just agonizingly rolled in even worse. Uh, but I remember one where I believe Egeman passed it back to Cenk Gunen, also a Bishtesh match uh, against Bursaspor, I think, or something it was, where uh, it ended up in the back of the net in a similar way than this, more comparable. But a terrible goal to concede as a goalkeeper, of course. Elif uh, Elmasov then gets the equalizer in the 20th minute, as I already said. Mathieu Valbuena puts... Fenerbahce ahead in the 72nd minute with a very nice free kick, which he squeezed past the wall. And then just two minutes later, Roberto Soldado makes it 1-3 and, and kind of seals the deal for Fenerbahce. But a lot of far decisions here. Um, the first goal for, for 
Fenerbahce, there was a VAR call there, um, checked for a handball of Dirar. Uh, I, I guess there wasn't any. I didn't properly see it myself, I have to admit. Um, so that goal stood. Then uh, Mauricio Isla goal was disallowed uh, for offside, if I'm not mistaken. And also Soldado's goal was initially ruled off for offside, but then given... Uh, and, and in the replay, I, I still kind of thought it was offside, so I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, and also the, the free kick where Valbuena scored out of came following a VAR decision, which I thought was kind of weird because VAR is not supposed to interfere interfere on a free kick position, only if there's a potential red card. And I don't know, maybe... The, the logic was that that could have been a last man position. I'm not sure exactly why he award, well why they went too far to give a free kick. That's the only logical explanation. Otherwise, it shouldn't have happened. Um, not too much apart from all those far things. But uh, of course, both teams are now safe. I think we can easily safe and Arbache have no more worries of relegation. And for them, it's just looking towards next season. But. Um, I am a little curious what you guys thought about these VAR decisions. Uh, Burak, I'm going to ask you first. Um, anything that stands out? Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, don't take your eyes off the ball, Harum Tekin, please. <laughs> um, quite clearly in the replay, you can see his head look up as he goes to put his foot on the ball, mm-hmm. hits him on the heel and goes in. Comedy goal. He will never live that down for the rest of his career. But like I said, he's 29, so he should be able to move on from it. But hopefully he won't be our first-choice goalkeeper for too much longer. But let's get to the disallowed goal by Maurizio Isla. Now, uh, watched a lot of pundits talk about this. They're saying it's Soldado. Soldado's in an offside position. And so you're like, okay, is he interfering with play? What is he doing? Because he almost goes to backheel it into the goal. But the ball completely misses him. Don't believe it touches him. But as we know... EFAB make the rules. So I have pulled up... And you the, follow them? Um, I, I do indeed, because I am a man of the law. So um, Someone needs to do it. Exactly. So um, <laughs> I'm going to read this out verbatim for our listeners. And this is why I think the goal was disallowed because of uh, Soldado's positioning. So it says, A player moving from or standing in an offside position is in the way of an opponent and interferes with the movement of the opponent towards the ball. This is an offside defense if it impacts on the ability of the opponent to play or challenge for the ball. Mm-hmm. If the player moves into the way of an opponent and impedes the opponent's progress, the offense should be penalized under law 12. So, and also, it says a player in an offside position is moving towards the ball with the intention of playing the ball, but is fouled before attempting to play the ball or changing the fall. The foul is penalised as it has occurred before the offside defence. So that was the free kick. Yeah, um, that's what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Weeks ago. But looking at that, you know, it looks like I don't think Soldado doesn't appear to be impeding anyone. No, he's in front. He goes to back heel the ball into the but goal. He- He's going to. Pl- he's making a play, right? Yeah, he's making a play to put the ball into the goal, um, and you can see the the keeper make a little bit of a movement. So I'm thinking, okay, I can understand why that's been why that's been dis why that's been disallowed. So that was my decision. That as for that Valbena free kick, 
I think the um, it was a potential red card because he yeah, t- he took been. a he took a hand to the face, <laughs> and <laughs> and like. Well, well, yeah. So obviously, maybe he he, he was he yeah, was jumping as he took a hand to the face, just, just having his um, hand at the side, probably, and Valbuena just walked into it. Yeah, but looking at the replay, you can see they're having a little bit of you know pushy shovey, and then the Kasumpasha player just shoves him in the face, mm-hmm. and that's a red card defense. So I don't know if that's what they checked for. It he must was have given... been because otherwise, there's no logical explanation. So that must exactly. have been what they checked for. And if he checked for it, why not give the red card? Which Probably is why because I don't. he didn't think it was worthy of a red card. And we've it's, seen red, red it's cards. not because Far says that you should have a look that it's that it, that, that automatically means that that's the right decision. I mean, it's just Far eight. Yeah. You know, it's still up to the discretion of the referee, of course. Um, but that that explains why the, the free kick was given. Otherwise, just want to clarify that for our listeners that Far does not interfere interfere on free kick or no free kick it's really they only have that ability if there's like a potential red card offense or something like that and that's um, why I think they went to it and we've yeah. got the last goal the offside goal where um, mm-hmm. Soldado scored yeah. so Mehmet Ekeji was onside when the ball was played to him but Roberto Soldado was in an offside position but the ball wasn't being played to him yeah so Ekic receives the ball and then plays the ball into the centre to Soldado, who's now onside. Yeah. Reminiscent of the Ruud van Nistelrooy goal in 2004, I think it was, where he was uh, straying offside the entire uh, the entire play, except for at the very end when he got a back pass and tapped it in and everyone in the world was up in arms. I don't remember exactly who he scored mm-hmm. against, but it was a Euro 2004, I believe. Um, let's move over to Sunday results. Akisar lose at home to Malatyaspor. Akisar were already kind of dead in the water uh, following last week's result, but they still gave it their all in this match, but it just wasn't enough. Um, Miguel Lopez very unfortunately scoring an own goal in the 50th minute, and then Thievi Bufuma sealing the deal in the 66th minute, making it 2-0. He had already scored right before that, but his goal got disallowed. Um, and also Daniel Alexic gets a nice little goal, but uh, also disallowed. Both of their goals disallowed for offside. Akisar did put up a fight, uh, especially in the first half. Had a, had a decent amount of half chances, I'd say. Um, they definitely didn't throw in the towel yet, but things just aren't going their way right now. And they lose again. And at this point, I think we can easily say uh, with... Let's see. We have Gustav at 33, and if I'm not mistaken, Akisar at 25. So, if Bush is if if Gustepe gets two more points or one more point, depending on the head-to-head, uh, Akisar will be officially relegated. So, most likely next week, if Akisar don't win, then they're relegated. So. Um, they're going to be the first ones to officially drop down, and they still have the Turkish Cup final to play, of course. Um, don't want to waste too much time on this one, guys, because uh, I want to talk more about the next one. Do either of you have anything to add in regards to the Akisar match, or shall we move on to Gustepe? Let's uh, let's move on. I say, Let, yeah. Let's move on. I'm just like oh, but the, quickly the third goal that was cancelled out for offside for Malatya Sport. Um, the the player, he knows it's offside. And what happens is that Akisar Spore player gets the ball and tries to clear it. It hits some Lachia Spore player who then passes it and they score the 3-0. But that's given as an offside. Mm. So, that's but that's wrong. because, that's because you know, I think 
the IFAB rules, as we know, um, they say, <laughs> it says, can a player who interferes with play after a rebound or save be given offside? Yes. Interfering with an opponent or play after a rebound or save is clearly an offside offence if the player was originally in an offside position. So that clears that up. So why right, you, did... should, you should go on uh, Mastermind as so, your specialist so, subject, so, IFAB rules. So, so, why, so why did Antalya Sport's goal against Besiktas uh, not get allowed in the beginning of the season where Adriano played the ball but uh, Dukara was offside? But because Adriano played the ball, supposedly the offside was lifted or something. Ah, because ball. we weren't doing this podcast, and I don't think. And they <laughs> no, weren't as, I, they, they they as aware as the IFAB. Yeah, That's but they what... changed the rule at the beginning of the season where if a player intentionally plays, a defender intentionally plays the ball, um, and, and a player is an offside, another player is an offside position, but due to that play, the ball ends up with him. He he can the play goes on or some total uh, counterintuitive uh, decision, but that's apparently a rule. That's a rule they changed at the beginning of the season. I remember Umut showing me the rule change, but I don't know if it's the exact same situation here. So, well, we're here now. We're out here saving lives. So, yeah. Let's uh, if it, let, if it happens again next season, we'll definitely dig into it. Now, let's move over to Gustepe Antalya Sport. Gustepe, the team that also looked dead in the water for weeks, suddenly seems to be full on revived because. After beating league leaders Bashakshir last week 2-0 on the road, they now defeat a smash fifth-placed Antalya Spor 4-1. Serdar Gurler getting the score started here from a free kick in the 11th minute, and uh, he also got a second goal in the 72nd minute, which was the 4-1. Mevut Erdinj had equalized in the 18th minute. Um, again, scoring. I think that's his uh, 13th goal of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Then Denis Kada puts uh, Gustepe back ahead in the 35th minute from the penalty spot. And he also made it 3-1 in the 65th minute, again from the penalty spot. There was also a red card for Charles Fernando. Ugh. Yeah, Fernando. <laughs> Charles. Charles. Uh, Charles. He got, he got booked <laughs> twice. He got the first yellow card in the 55th minute, which was the first yellow of the match. Definitely a right decision there, though. And then he got booked again um, in the 58th minute, so three minutes later. And, and that one kind of seemed a little harsh, I thought, because he was making a, a legitimate play for the ball and, and, and seemed to win it. Uh, and then it was also a fifth goal that was disallowed for Din- from Denis Kada for offside, so his hat-trick was denied. But um, I think the biggest talking point is is possibly the first penalty because there's a, a header that hits the defender's arm, if I'm not mistaken, and it kind of looked like ball to arm. Although there's a there's a movement by the by the defender, a reflex, I think. So ultimately, probably the right decision by the referee. Um, but a huge win for Gustepe, and they now move clear of the relegation zone. They are one point above Erzurum Spor, who are on 32 points. Gustepe now on 33 points, so one point separating them. So it's gonna be Erzurum or or Gustepe most likely. Although we still have Bursa Spor Gustepe coming up soon, so it's still all to play for at the, at the bottom there. But Gustepe get themselves out with a second win in a row. Urzer, I'm going to throw to you because I know you're going to be happy about this result. Absolutely right. And um, I, I mentioned earlier in the show about my, I, I suppose, shock, surprise uh, at, at how, how both teams have kind of 
had such a reversal of fortune since we started analysing them two or three weeks ago. Uh, Gusta are suddenly on fire, absolutely on fire. And they're out of the relegation zone, like you said. And looking pretty good value for it, too. I mean... Um, Gustaper Borsa that you indicated to that's coming up soon. I would love to watch that game because uh, Gustaper have the the wind in their sails right now. And four one, I actually thought when I, I didn't actually watch this game live, but I thought, wow, that's quite a flattering result. But having seen the highlights, extended highlights, it looked like Gustaper really did actually deserve the, uh, the 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 result, the flattering result. Uh, the fans are back behind them now. Tamaratuna has something. Something's happened in the last two weeks. I don't. I can't quite tell what he's playing. Basically, the same. Yasin Yasin Ustekin isn't playing anymore. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. so, Cameron <laughs> Jerome effect. Cameron Jerome effect. Yeah. yeah. Cameron Jerome effect. Uh, it was. I just want to say it was nice. Nice gesture from um, the Antalya players who who lifted up the the yeah. uh, the jersey of their of their yeah. of their neighbor Chaluch- club. of course, a fellow yes. Czech. Yes, indeed, indeed. That was that was a nice gesture. Yeah, very, um, very nice. And uh, I'm I'm happy for Gostepa and happy that this relegation race is going to go right down to the wire. It's as exciting as yep. the race for the top spot. And once it's, again, it's a an credit extremely to the most exciting season. league in the world, the Turkish Super League. It- I, I cannot deny it. Uh, it would have been a slightly more exciting, perhaps, if the next match ended in a different way. But uh, <laughs> let, let's quickly gonna throw to Burak before we get to that match. Uh, penalty, the first penalty call. Would you agree with it, Burak? Uh, no, I thought the penalty that Junaid Chakar didn't give for Borussia Sport was more of a penalty than this. Um, I think the penalty he didn't give in the Borussia match. The guy leaned in with his body. His hand was stationary, but leaned his body into move his hand towards the ball, whereas this one was uh, more of a... That was for uh, Erzurum, by the way, right? The penalty, the potential yes. penalty. Yeah, potential penalty for Erzurum, not that they needed it in the end. But for this one, Mete Kalkovan, um gives it, and like you stated, I think it was a, a clear ball to hand, uh, very harsh. And um, also a shout-out to, to Boffin of Antalya Sport. He's had a good few weeks, and then mm-hmm. he goes crazy and brings down <laughs> who else but Cameron Jerome yeah. to, give, to give the penalty. And also, oh, what a great goal by Sardar to make it four. And that was, uh, if you play FIFA, that was an R2 finesse finish um, <laughs> all, all day long. So yeah, he's, check he, that goal out. It's worth it. He's uh, He's been a good get for them, um, getting him back from, uh, who, where did he go in Spain? Huesca, I think, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Huesca, yeah. Uh, he, he came back to Turkey because he complained about the fact that nobody in Spain spoke either English nor French. <laughs> which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm kind of baffled that nobody play, speaks French in, in Spain. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Gustepe do what they needed to do, and for the moment they're safe. But let's move on to the main event of Sunday. And uh, I already congratulated Uzar, of course, because this one ended 2-0 to Galtzrai. I'm going to have yes. a little bit of a rant on this match, not because of what you think I'm going to have a rant about, I think. Um, but goals here come from Henry Onyokuro, Onyokuro in the 44th minute, and then Fernando in the 55th minute. And he scores... That's his second goal against Besiktas, because he scored last season too, uh, if I'm not he mistaken. He got the scoring started, so... Uh, uh, a less annoying version of Felipe Melo for us. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's. It, I don't mind Fernando scoring because he's a he's a he's a 
you know, clean player, so to speak. Uh, it was a lot more difficult to uh, to take when it was Felipe Melo who had, you know, that he elbows your player in the face, should have get should have gotten sent off, and five minutes later he scores. So that's that's a lot more frustrating than this is. Um, but, uh, uh, Ozer, before I'm gonna throw it to you, I, I just have to get this off my chest. Please, Gunal, Gunesh, sorry, Shinol Gunesh, can you please? F off. Oh <laughs> my god. Six matches in a row. Besiktas wins six games in a row. And what does this clown do? He puts in Nejib, Nejib Uysal for the starting 11. Uh, Besiktas, all six games that Besiktas have won in a row have been without this person. His entire team that he has played last week was available. Why on earth do you stop? Do you start that clown? It's a he's a ticking time bomb. He had a terrible match. He did one good thing in the entire match. One good thing that was a really nice tackle in the middle of the pitch where he won the ball and started a counter. And of course, Blundell the room decided that was a fall uh, because, like he did throughout the match, everything. Every, Every time Besiktas won the ball, uh, it was a fall, apparently. Um, but that's not neither here or there. But Shinol Gunesh really, he, he had Besiktas starting here like scared little mice. I don't understand how you can do that in, in a match where you have to win. Because let's not forget, Besiktas were a point behind Galatasaray. This was a must-win match for Besiktas if they wanted to win the title or if they wanted to lay claim to second place at least. Um, and you start... Like Konya Sporwood in Turk Telecom Arena, you start it with a mindset of let's keep that nil until halftime and then maybe in the second half we can hit them on the counter or maybe we can get lucky on the counter a couple of times. Uh, I think just tactically a complete failure, a complete and utter failure by the coach. Um, I think he proved his team and his players a huge disservice here. Uh, everything... That Laich and Burak and all those guys have been working for the last couple of weeks. He just ruined by being, you know what, being a pussy, being a little bitch, and being scared of the the the, the, the opponents. Which I, with all due respect for Galtzray, I don't think there was a reason to be scared for Galtzray. Besiktas were the more informed team. They've they're the best informed team in the second half of the season. They're playing good football. They've gotten to the dance by playing, attacking, and scoring goals. And and then you start with this type of BS. Uh, I'm not even going to get started on the referee. Yes, he was terrible. It definitely, He definitely, I think, especially the second goal, I, I, I've, I don't think I've ever seen something like that in my life. Um, like, literally, like, I, I can't remember a single time seeing anything like that. But, you know, the first goal, that's contentious. Is it out for Besiktas? Is it out for Galtzray? You can't complain about that i think you know first make sure you're not complaining while you should be defending and after that you can complain once the play is over but you're you're just dropping everything and and, and running to the referee in a, in, a, in a figure of speech and, and then just you know you're you're allowing a goal it's, it's dumb uh whether it's your throw-in or it isn't and, and i think after watching the replay a million a million times i'm still not sure so i don't think you can blame the ref there but then the second goal, I mean, you're making a forced substitution because your right back is injured. Your player has literally stepped like a couple of meters on the pitch, like two, three meters on the pitch. And the referee is already allowing play to continue. And they hit you because you're completely disorganized because your your defensive sub is has just entered the pitch. Like, 
I don't know what what that is. I mean, if that would happen to Galtrai, I don't. I think Fatih Terum wouldn't shut up about it for the next six months. In fact, I'm pretty sure about it. But that's all I'm going to say about the referee. I think Bishtesh lost this match pure and simple because Shinal Gunish was a coward. End rant. Uzer, go ahead. <laughs> well, uh, to be honest, if, if you had thrown to me first, I would I, I couldn't have resisted. I would have gone and basically said the same stuff that you've just gone on to gone on to say there. The biggest surprise for me of that 90 minutes was how uh, unadventurous... Okay, I'm going to say it, how cowardly. I'm going to echo what you said, how cowardly Shanol Ganesh set his team up. Because Besiktas were playing exquisite football the last four or five weeks. Six weeks, I think you said. Six weeks six weeks on the trot. And six, I mentioned six wins podcast, in a row. Six um, wins in a row, right. And I mentioned the last week's episode that Besiktas had uh, all the form and the trajectory of form in their favour. And had yeah. the win, I think I said something like, had the league gone on for another 10 games, they would have won the league, given the, the performance they were putting in. They were playing some lovely football. Suddenly, Shane Ganesh decides to yeah. decide to change that and yeah. and throw on your man um, Najib Boysal, who who did absolutely nothing, contributed absolutely yeah. zilch in well, the game. He lost and, every and single I, ball. I mean, the um, guy. I don't know. He has some. He has some fixation for Najib Boysal, uh, and that's been going on for years. But but for for, yeah. for, for, for Galatasaray, I think I think they played okay. I mean, we played well. We played. We probably deserved to win on balance. Yeah, I think you definitely deserve to win. You're the only and, uh, team that was interested yeah, yeah. in playing football. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think the first goal was was a really nice move, really elegant attack. Um, and it was, a, it was a nice goal. Um, what do you think and, of the second goal, though? If that would happen to your team, what would you? T- what, how would you feel? Oh, well, listen, I, I understand what you mean, but I, I, think, I don't think that any rules were... Were, um... no, it's not about rules. It's about fair play, and I'm not talking about Galtrice fair play. I'm talking about the referee there. The referee. You you, you don't allow mm-hmm. play, play to the whistle. Play, I mean, play kids to are start. taught at the age of six to to play to the whistle. So that if if yeah, there's going to be uh, someone who's who's been here, it's got to be You're forced to sub off an injured player in defense, yeah. and he's and and the guy is walking on the goddamn pitch, and he blows his but whistle I, and bamming. You're giving a free um... counter. I don't know if this. I don't know if this 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 event had a material impact on the game because either way, Galatasaray of course it did. Would have won this. Would have won this game. I don't because know. Because all Bish- the momentum Bish- was in Bish- our favor. Bish- were 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 coming out of the gate strong in the second half. They were pushing. They were pressing. Galatasaray was under yeah. pressure there, and that was the perfect moment to kill the game. I think the referee killed the game there. Uh, I don't know. That I, was un- that was unnecessary. I, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying Bishtesh would have. I'm not saying would have gotten back in the game. I'm not saying Bishtesh would have won. I'm not saying Galtrai would not have won. But it's unnecessary for a referee to basically give almost a free goal scoring opportunity to the opponent. That's that's not that's not I, okay. A, a lot of a lot of there was a lot of discussion about the referee after this game, and I thought a lot of the the criticism was unfair, especially when you consider that the referee. Disallowed uh, a goal for Galatasaray. Oh, and but come on, yeah. Uzer, that uh, that goal that took five minutes to disallow, it was clear from the first ten seconds that it was that he was offside. It was like they were loop, looking for some loophole to allow it. That was absolutely well, ridiculous. I, 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 I think I think it's I think uh, I think uh, if you say you're looking for a loophole, that's that's asking for a little bit of trouble there. I think that's a little bit unfair. L- look how long they took to disallow that goal. How clear was it that he was offside? He was like a well, meter yeah. offside. Yeah, 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 but I think the, the question was about whether or not he was interfering with play. And I agree that on, ba- on, on balance... How was he not interfering he, with play? He's he getting the ball played been. into him and he's the one scoring. Yeah. 
That's and nothing. then we had the penalty. They had the penalty disallowed. Yeah, which was oh, actually uh, just so- something else was on my mind. Uh, the second criticism of Shinar was not playing Shinji Kagawa. I mean, Shinji Kagawa is one of your best attacking players. A, so on the pitch, he's going to make a difference. And B, off the pitch, well, you know, we've been building this up, this whole the Japanese derby thing for weeks and months now. Japanese paid a lot of money. To, to get yeah, but he's been he's been he's been debunked. Yeah, I mean, he's basically been sabotaging that since the day one. He's he's not been playing Kagawa uh, as he should. Uh, I know exactly. I agree, but why? I mean, why? What the because hell is Because he's a stubborn guy? mule. I mean, this guy. I mean, honestly, Sharon Ganesh sabotaged. Uh, yeah, yeah, not he did. Just, not, I'm not necessarily the result. He's been doing the it the entire season. The performance he's been of Meshik Dush. Yes, now, Gaspar Dalasra. Does um, not ta- does not take away my point want... of that second goal yeah. though. Oh, okay. Well, look, I don't I don't I don't want to focus. I know our listeners are dying to hear what <laughs> uh, what, what what we're going to say about the Gaza Strip thing. And bef- I just want to cut cut things off right here to illustrate to our listeners the uh, the sacrifice that we make for for them uh, on a weekly basis to deliver the show. Liverpool currently are four 0 up in the yeah. Champions League against Barcelona. Uh, yeah, Brooks totally watching. I heard it. I heard his TV. <laughs> and uh, we're here recording live this podcast, and, and we're uh, missing a miracle. Uh, absolutely uh, legendary, legendary not to, epic, not to epic, epic magic football with a B team almost because right, Liverpool exactly. Origins no up Salah. front. There's no yeah, Salah. There's no. Exactly. Uh, there's no Sane. I think uh, not Sane. Uh, 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 Mane. No, Mane, Mane was yeah. playing, but I think he actually, no, he actually still is playing. But there's, there's, no there's no Firmino. Oh, Firmino, right. Firmino and... This is actually relevant to our show because there is the ter- our, our favourite Turkish ref on the pitch, <laughs> Mr. Junaid Cekir. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of a bit jaded. I'm seeing a lot of red and yellow on the pitch as well. Barcelona's away kit, Liverpool's home kit. So I can't tell if I'm talking about Gaza right or this match. I'm going a little bit crazy over here. Um, but Gaza Sarai, after 22 weeks, go top of the league uh, in what is a mega, mega, mega psychological blow to uh, Tayyip Erdogan FC. <coughs> Sorry, Bash Jackson here. But um, I do have to say, though, Azar, I don't think because Bish, I, I, you know, I think on, on, I, I, for me, Galatasaray deserved to win this match. Bish, they deserved to lose this match. Does not mean the referee wasn't shit. Referee okay. was terrible. And you can't say because he disallowed a, a goal and because he, he he retracted a penalty that he what that he wasn't shit. No, what, what, because, I, what I'm saying is, and uh, what I'm saying, I'm saying he, he he wasn't as shit as other referees has been in the past because his decision did not, in my opinion, have a material impact on the game. It's not like he gave a penalty that made it one-one or something. He you can't know? do that anymore because of VAR. I think, they can't, I think referees can't just do that anymore. There's a certain degree of gentlemanly. There's indirect. In kind of thing, there's there's direct but it, it and indirect. But it did not have a material impact on the game. Of Therefore, course I think it did. all this focus on the referees is, is 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 too much. And we talk about the referees often often too 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 often in, in Turkish football, and we don't talk enough about football. I don't mean on this podcast, thankfully. Yeah, but I mean, we, if if we are his decision about the football, his but, decision leads directly to the second goal, of course it has a material impact on the match. You can't. Mm. How can you argue? How, how can you not argue? But the Besiktas guys didn't even put up much of a much. Of course not, a, because they were all on yellow cards already. Because they they got yeah. you got booked because of the first goal where they protested. It's not because they don't protest. That's not wrong. If he waits five seconds and lets Adriana take his position on the pitch, then most likely that goal won't happen because the only reason that happened is because the entire back line was still reform reforming. Najib was moving to right back. Adriana was moving to left. Jana was moving up top. There there was so much movement. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm still not convinced by 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 that as being 
as that having a material. But I, I do think the Besiktas guys were just caught off guard. Caught off guard. Yes, of course you're caught off guard because you just made a substitution and two seconds later he's blowing his whistle already. When does that ever happen? When does that ever happen? Burak, did you see it? I don't know. I think, I think, because I, think, I don't know, I think the, the Besiktas Burak... contingent are, are, are quite bitter about that. But I don't think. I, I, I don't I think. think, I, I think most of most of the complaining I've you, seen is about the the first goal. Should be about, well, I'm it should really be about the coach Shenol Ganesh for putting up a fiasco of, yes, a, of, a, of a tactic and of a, of a starting lineup. One hundred percent agree. You just got to give it to what I said. I'm not complaining about the yeah. first goal at all, but yeah. the second goal to me that's mind-boggling. That's just I've never seen that. I've never seen that in my life. In twenty plus years, I've never seen something like that. It was just and I. There, most focus is on that first goal, which I don't understand. That this should be on that second goal, which is just, I don't know, just a farce. I don't know, Burak, did you see it? Because I, I don't know if in the highlights it's 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 properly shown. Um, it's not properly shown, but I've I've watched it and just look, I've just put my popcorn down. I've taken out my <laughs> earplugs. Um, having heard you guys going backwards and forwards like like McGregor and like Nate Diaz over here. Um, <laughs> But uh, like you said at the beginning, you know, this, this match meant like nothing to me. Um, you know, my team is shit. Um, so watch, watching this, I kind of ha was hoping for a, a better game of football. Um, mm -hmm. I managed it's not going to happen with Chino Gunish being a total little bitch, but okay. <laughs> I managed to watch a little bit of it because I had the, the digital play app on my phone. So oh, I, was right. I was watching it whilst in the historic Alexandra Palace in North London. And I thought that the one thing that also strikes me is like what I got kicked in the face and the, the guy didn't get booked for it. Um, and I was like, okay, this it's going to be this type of match. Is it? Um, I thought, you know, Bilan Yildirim, you know, had a typical Bilan Yildirim game. Mm. Um, the, the, the first goal, you know, yeah, it, you know, I don't know how they didn't see can't, that. You can't yet. really say anything about the first goal, though. There's nothing the referee can do there. As soon as he decides yeah. that he's going to give the throw into Galtz, right? So I don't, re I don't get why, or, why the Bishdash players swarmed him because there's nothing he can do. Once that decision is made, it's over. And I don't even know why he was still listening to his little earpiece because VAR can't do anything either. It's a throw in. We've discussed this, uh, in regards to the, the Fenerbahce Galatasaray match already, the, the throw-in is not a contentious position for VAR to interfere on. So I don't really know. It is, yes. I mean, yeah. and the players should dumb. have the players should have kept their heads a little bit more. Yeah. But you can understand it's a, it's a derby, and if you think you're being wronged, you know, Turkish tempers fray. And in a derby <laughs> game, they you know you can it's like being frayed on steroids times ten. Um, but I thought, you know, in the spirit of fair play, I thought, you know, the second goal was was a, was a bit dodgy. But you know, like you said, you know, Besiktas didn't show up to play. Um, yeah. I've got no idea why you you put Nejip in. Yeah. In, do you know what that's like? That is like having you know ten players on the pitch. I was going to make a different analogy. I was like, that is like having a fine cut of like sirloin steak for like six weeks every yeah. Sunday, and every Sunday you have it with a lovely Bernay sauce or a lovely peppercorn sauce that complements the steak really well, you know, adds to the flavour and really completes the meal. And then, the seventh week, you, you decide to cover it in tomato fucking ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> and completely no, so, ruining but, it. But you you know what, the, the plan, what I don't understand, guys, so, Shinon Gunish's plan is clearly, look, we're gonna try and keep, you know, defend 
and keep the zero. He, I think he put Najib on to either stop Belhanda or stop Feguli. I don't know what his logic is, but his plan is clearly, look, we're going to try and hit them on the counter. But if you're going to try and hit them on the counter, maybe you want to have a guy in midfield that can play a fucking forward pass. I mean, I love Dorokhan, I love Atiba. Dorokhan's a great box-to-box -box player, um, and Atiba is a great defensive midfielder slash, you know, distributor of the ball laterally, but he's not the guy that's going to give a splitting pass to rip open the opponent's defense. You're putting Leitch on the left wing. I didn't even see Leitch in the first half. Um, he's completely taken out of the match by that decision, so I don't get it. Why don't you just put either Kagawa in midfield or you put Leitch in midfield? Look, Kagawa came in in the 75th minute and immediately he felt his, presen his presence felt. Uh, made his presence felt. He immediately had an impact on the match. He started creating some chaos in Galtzrae's third of the pitch. And obviously at that point it was far too late. It was already 2-0. But... Like Uzar said, how do you not start a player, or, or at least bring him in at halftime? And how on earth does Nijib Uysal play 90 plus minutes? How is that possible? So he takes off Janner, I believe, a, a guy who, even if he's playing a shit game, can still give you one good cross and maybe you get lucky. He takes Janner off, he takes um, Dorokhan he took off. A player who at least has some offensive ability. In fact, I actually rather like his composure in the offensive third and his contribution to attacks. I, I rather like him. He's always dangerous on set pieces too. But no, you take Dorokhan off, you take Janner off. Um, who else did he take off? Uh, I don't know. But he leaves Nejip on. It's unbelievable. It's baffling. And the reason... Look, I'm putting it entirely on, on Shenel and his decisions and not just that of course obviously players can still make the best of things even if the coach is messing things up but I do want to point out I think the referee was terrible and I think some Galtzrae fans are just going over it like it was normal but it wasn't guys come on you there's been a lot more complaining from the Galtzrae side of things for months now on far smaller things I think uh, which are being blown out of proportion everyone's against us blah 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 they've been putting pressure on the referees for months I think here it hadn't had the desired effect. Um, does not take away that even if with a with a proper referee calling it properly down the middle, I think still I still think we would have lost simply because Channel Ganesh was a coward. Um, but yeah, that just that second goal, I, that's very difficult for me to digest. Even we we could have lost this match five nil, and if it's all you know whatever, I wouldn't say anything. But that second goal is just one of the. One of the most painful goals I've seen in, in a derby just because it just feels so, like, injustice. Like, you remember the Konyaspor penalty against Galatasaray? Like, that's injustice. I felt like that was injustice. Like, just, I don't know. I've never seen it. I, 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 I couldn't believe my eyes. Um, but that's the last I'm going to say about it. I'm sure Uzzer has tuned out already and is watching the Liverpool game. Uh, which I, I'm I, sure. I am. I am doing exactly that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm watching Klopp run up to our man, Junaita here. <laughs> Who's officiated in probably the most historic knockout game in Champions League history? That is absolutely uh, amazing. Absolutely unbelievable. Hey, listen, guys, we should take we should both take pride in saying that we've beaten Liverpool in the Champions League at once once or twice <laughs> in the last few years. So that's something yes, that we can we can both once, be happy about. Once, once we did it once, and we also lost once with a rather big scoreline. So, oh, 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 sorry, uh, I almost forgot about that. Sorry. What was it? How much was that by again? Oh, can you remind me, please? <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> 
I don't remember. Maybe people who listen to the podcast can send me a picture of the exact scoreline. <laughs> um, but no, I'm sorry. Uh, I do want to congratulate you, Uzzer. I do want to congratulate Umut. He's not on today because he wanted to watch the Liverpool match. And I, for ex- and, and the Galatasaray fans listening to the podcast, guys, congratulations. You, you wholeheartedly deserve to win because we played like little bitches. So that's all I'm going to say. Um, and it's going to be an interesting last three weeks now. And I hope... You guys don't bottle it against Bashaki here. I know, same. <laughs> imagine, same. You better imagine, not bottle it. Yeah, imagine that. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, Galtry showed up for this match. Bishtash really didn't, I think. Uh, you know, even, okay, the first goal is in the 44th minute, but in that first 44 minutes before the goal, it was there wasn't much. Every, but all there was was Galtz, right? I think there was two chances of Onyokuro. Karius made two really good saves. And, of course, and the disallowed goal uh, for, for Diagne. Um, so it was all Galtz, right, really, in the first half. It was only two, three times, but that's enough. I mean, Bistec didn't do anything in the first half. Um, there was a really great save from Zlera right at the end, I think, towards the end from, on a Burak position. And I, you know what? I would have granted him that goal, Burak, because uh, he's just made our season... Uh, you know, a season that looked over in November, uh, he gave it life again, and, and I'm looking forward to next season. Hopefully, with a with a with a new good coach, uh, which is most likely going to be Mircea Lucescu. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I wouldn't mind him for a season or two, and then uh, yeah, we'll see. But at least I know from Luchescu he's he's willing to play two offensive midfielders at the same time. So maybe Laij Kagawa, if they both end up staying, uh, can have a future together on the pitch. So that's just something I'd like to see. That's uh, that's it for me. <laughs> I don't know if uh, either of you have anything to end. Then. And and uh, sorry if I uh, was talking over you a little bit too much. I'm sorry, but it's just ah oh, that goal, that second goal, just does my head in. I'm sorry. It's just yeah. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. I. Uh, that's I'm fine. Sure we won. We'll it doesn't matter. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you lost. You, you lost me ten minutes ago. <laughs> you're you're better friends now for it, lads. Come on. Um. <laughs> we we've been through some hard times together. We we've, we've known each stronger. other. We have known each we've other for a stronger. long time. I we, I think we close have, to a yeah. decade probably. Um, Back to hearkening yeah, back to, to, to the forum days, you know, the SFN days, the SFN soccer fans before Twitter. Yet, so we've known each other, each other for a long time. Uh, so uh, I, I think uh, Azar knows how uh, how hot spirited I can be from time to time. Um, but let's yes. move over to those last couple of games. Uh, Galatasaray, of course, with a huge win, and this is going to set them up for. Their second consecutive title if they play their cards right. But let's move over to Monday because there's a couple more interesting matches there. Alanya Spore taking on Kayseri Spore in Alanya. This, of course, being the first match since the unfortunate demise of Joseph Schural. Um, this match ends 2-4 for Konya Spore. Um, and Papi Sisse getting both of the goals for Alanya Spore here in the 29th minute. He put them ahead and in the 47th minute he made it 2-2. So in between we had two Konya Spore goals. One from Marko Jahovic in the 39th minute. And then one from Jens Jonsson in the 41st minute. Umarali Shiner made it 2-3 in the 72nd minute. And then Paolo Hurtado made it 2-4 in added time. Um, yeah, a little bit, um, hmm, 
kind of a double feeling here where you're kind of like, ah, couldn't Konyaspore just let him let let these guys have this one? Uh, of course, a lot of tribute being paid to Joseph Sural in this match. Uh, before the match, the fans had a huge TFO for Joseph Sural uh, that he will never be forgotten, of course. Both goals that Alanya Sport celebrate, uh, scored were um, celebrated in, in, in a quiet uh, way, so to speak, and uh, they were clearly emo emo emotional. Papi Sissi, of course, was in that minibus that... Uh, at the unfortunate accident so for him to come out of this match and, and score twice it's, it's remarkable um, but all in all this is not a too important match Alanya Spore of course are fighting for fifth place but because of Antalya Spore's loss nothing really changes there Konya Spore with that win kind of clamp on again and, and, and do give themselves some hope for fifth place but uh, yeah it was just a sad day really and and the first match in Alanya which we I think we all kind of expected that this would would have been postponed but uh, the Turkish Federation apparently did not want to grant that request I don't know if they had requested it but I I, I remember the the interview with Sadigan um, a couple of days after saying that we're in no fit to mm -hmm. no fit state to train let alone play a match but I'm unaware of any official request to postpone the match was made to the um, Turkish Football Federation. Um, of course, I wouldn't blame them if they had made the request and I wouldn't have um, blamed the Federation for postponing the match f to allow for, for grieving and any um, help that the, the players and the families would need to you know, try to mitigate you know, the, the horrendous incident that happened. But... Um, Papi Cissé got a couple of goals. Um, seems to have found his, his scoring boots. Um, but, you know, Konya scored all of a sudden after five games since I decided to play a little bit of football. Um, <laughs> exactly. For suddenly they were offensively, uh, uh, yeah, capable again, which they've, they've seemed inept for so long now and, and boring and, and all that. But suddenly they're playing some good offensive football and Emrali uh, Shiner playing a key role in that. Um but uh, scoring four goals, that's something we haven't been used to from Konyaspor for a while. But let's move on to the last game of match day 31, which was Trabzonspor against Kayseri Spor. This one ended 4-2 as well, although this one ended 4-2 in favor of the home side. So a lot of goals on Monday, 12 to be exact. Uh, Trabzonspor here getting the scoring started in the 16th minute through a Jose Sosa free kick. Yusuf Yazidjit doubled the scoreline just four minutes later. And then uh, we saw a goal before halftime from Hassan Hussein Ajar, of course, from Eskishir Spor. He scored uh, in the 32nd minute, and then he scored again in the 64th minute to make it 2-2. So Trabzonspor giving a 2-0 lead away at home, but it wasn't to last too long. Abdul Kadir Umur getting on the score sheet again. Uh, just a minute after the equalizer in the 65th minute, and then Filip Novak scoring the 4-2 in the 84th minute. I, I think Filip Novak is a Czech too, if I'm not mistaken, and he did point to the heavens when he was celebrating his goal. So I, I, I assume that was in honor of uh, Joseph Shural. But Trabzonspor, yeah. despite their hiccup last week against Fenerbahce, continue to push for third place, and of course with Bistec losing, they are moving uh, closer now. They are now within, within three points of Besiktas, and Trabzonspor Besiktas is a match that's on the schedule in two weeks. So Besiktas are 
could be going from title contender to suddenly finishing outside of the top three. And I, I know, Ozar, uh, you said earlier that um, you, you wouldn't be surprised if Bishakshir drop out of the top two, but yeah, suddenly but, the but chances I, are... We've got, we got just a couple of weeks left, three weeks left, and mm -hmm. the excitement just building up is just amazing. This is why I keep saying, keep saying every week, this is why the Turkish Super League is the most exciting league <laughs> in Europe. Listen, uh, uh, Besiktas last week could have were in, in, in contention for the championship. Now they could even finish fourth. Trubs on like you said, just a few points behind. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're on the ascendancy. And I just want to note one thing, that last week we had the Super League awards, the Super Adelaide, Yeah. which... Um, the young player of the season was awarded to uh, Dorukhan and Besiktas, who was a great player, don't get me wrong. But mm -hmm. I really would have expected one of the Abdul Kadir's or Yusuf Yazidu to have got that award. Yeah. And sure enough, that, that um, both Abdul Kadir and Yusuf showed up and turned on the charm this weekend against I think, uh I think the problem is with, with both Abdul Kadir's, they've kind of... Uh, like Abdul Qadir Omur has been out of the team for a long time. He's just only just got getting back in. Uh, Abdul Qadir Parmak only got into the team towards the end of the first half of the but season. He's been a real revelation for the team. Like and yeah, the but as he's well. he's only you know. played a handful of matches really in comparison to Dorkan, who's been consistently playing now for since I don't know match day ten or something. So I, sure, I guess he's sure. been playing more but, games. But, but I, I agree with you. Playing more games is, is one thing, but 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 contributing to more games is, is something else. And I think the other guy, the Trabzon guys, have done done more to actually win their team points than, than uh, Dora Khan. But, uh, but, it's, but, but I think the trabzon Besiktas game is going to be an uh, unreal clash because the, the, the third and fourth place, okay, it doesn't have a huge impact on uh, European it standings. In, in it's just one round, qual really. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's one round. It's one round. Yeah, suppose, but for the it? players, that means a lot but, because it means yeah. a week less of, or two weeks less vacation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, either you start in July or August or, or something like that. Yeah. But, um, but, but yeah, that, that game's going to be amazing. I thought Trabzon looked a bit loose at times when they, when mm -hmm. they handed it away when they were tuned up. But, but overall, I think they've played some really classy football over the last month or so. And, that is the game I'm really looking forward to to seeing in the next couple of weeks. Obviously, apart from Jim Bond against... If they would have had that FC. form since January, I think they would have been in the, mid, in the middle of a title race right now because they finished the first half of the season on a high. Then they started the second half of the season immediately playing Bashakshir, but at home, so they had a home advantage, but then they did... They, they, they choked. They were caught like a deer, caught in the headlights almost. Uh, and, and we didn't see the Trouble Sport we saw towards the end of the first half of the season. But now we're seeing that team again. And that's why I was saying earlier as well, I think with a couple of moves, this team could be contending for the title next season. Um, even though I'm not fully convinced of uh, of uh, Unal Karaman's uh, coaching abilities. But um, I don't know. They've been playing some good football, as you pointed out there. And uh, a, a good win again for them, which uh, moves them... Um, three points closer to Besiktas. The, the, the gap was six, now it's three. And the top of the table currently looks like this. Galtzray at the top of the table with 63 points. Basakshi here on level points with 63. But as we had already said earlier, Galtzray had the better goal differential. Then we have a four-point drop to Besiktas on 59. And then a three-point drop to Trabzonspor at 56. So Trabzonspor, Besiktas in two weeks could be decisive for third place. Um, and of course, in two weeks, we also have Galatasaray Bashakshi here, which could be decisive for the title. But given the form that Bashakshi is currently in, it might already be decided by then. So 
we'll have to wait and see how that goes. But the bottom of the table is just as interesting, if not more interesting. Um, bottom of the table, of course, Akisar. If they lose next week, they're relegated, that's for sure. But then we have Bursa Sport on 30 points. We have Erzurum Sport on 32 points. And we have Gustepe on 33 points. So it's super close there, too, gentlemen. And we're going to lose at least two of those three named teams. Um, and it's going to come down to the wire. We still have Bursa Sport Gustepe coming up in a couple of weeks. But... Um, Super interesting at the bottom, super interesting at the top. And you know what? We forgot to mention the Turkish Cup last week. So maybe we should quickly just mention that Akisar are playing Galatasaray in the Turkish Cup final. Um, that's a repeat of last season's Turkish Cup final. Of course, Akisar won uh, last season. And they also won the Super Cup at the beginning of this season. But will they be able to add a third trophy to their trophy case? Or will Galatasaray take the double, perhaps? Wouldn't be the first time they do that in the last couple of years. Um, and I think that's pretty much all we have for this week. I want to thank both of you for coming on and joining me on this momentous day in which Liverpool knocks out Barcelona in the Champions League coming back from a 3-0 aggregate uh, loss in the first match. So 4-0, 4-3. Uh, I, I want to thank both of you for missing that pit bit of history in order to record this. Uh, we all make big sacrifices um, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm recording. We do. This. And we do it for you, listeners. We do it for you. We do it for you. Yeah. And uh, I, in fact, I'm recording now when it's my girlfriend's birthday. So I'm, I'm a terrible, terrible. Um, man. Uh, but uh, thank you all for listening. You can find our Twitter handles and all that in the show notes. If you want to show, send me that picture of that result that we alluded to earlier, feel free to uh, send it to me on Twitter. I will just block you and uh, never talk to you again. Um, no, in fact, I, I really don't care. Uh, but you can you can tweet me, you can tweet us, or you can tweet Burak, and you can of course tweet the show if you have any questions, any talking points for next episodes, anything like that. Feel free to hit us up, guys. Thank you very much for joining us uh, for episode twelve, and we'll be back next week with match day thirty two results. And uh, that's it for us for today. Thank you. Thank you, guys. See you next week. Thank you, everyone. May the spirit of Hassan Ali Calderum live on in you all. I thought it was Hasinho Alinho Calderino or what it was. <laughs> that's, brilliant. brilliant. Uh, that, that's his, uh, his special name for when he scores a special goal. That oh, won the best goal in the Super League, I may add, oh, of the awards. Oh, what a farce. That was a good goal. That was, good goal. That, it was a good goal, but it was not the best goal in the season. Come on. It was, it was the best goal the Super League has seen in the last decade. I don't know what you're talking oh. about. Hasinho Alizano Calderomovic. Put you with him. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>